Welcome to the Officially Outed Podcast with your host, El Shalom, where we are putting a positive twist on what it means to be outed. Join us weekly where we amplify the discography of independent LGBTQ plus artists, engage in lifestyle commentary, and social injustice dialogue. So stay tuned, turn up the volume, and get officially outed by the Officially Outed Podcast. He is an RB soul vocalist, songwriter, producer, arranger, knows a little something about God, and all he is asking is to let him be great. Welcome, Dominique Robbins, to the Officially Outed Podcast. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm so glad we finally got to connect. This is so special to me. I love your music and all of that. So I want to dive into talking about You, Me, Us, We, the podcast, and also the G. WM, okay, I got it all backwards. The GMWA, the Gospel <laughs> Music Workshop of America and the Church. All right, so Dominique, like a lot of artists, you got your start in the church, you grew up in the church, where you got to play for a good number of gospel and Christian artists. However, you endured a lot of navigating the church music scene. So let's talk a little bit about your experience. So, you know, what did you enjoy in being a choir director, worship leader, and working with a number of different gospel artists? I really did enjoy being a a musician and worship leader. I would say I probably enjoyed the traveling. I love being able to travel to different states and different cities. But I also love the fact that I got to meet some of my favorite singers and songwriters that I grew up listening to. And getting a chance to play with them is just like, I, know. I don't know. I, I would say it's probably a dream come true. Absolutely. No, that would be like one of the things I would absolutely love and enjoy the most too, right? And having that experience. Well, on the You, Me, Us, We podcast, you mentioned that you were kind of, if you will, outed in a sense by one of the music of ministry, which is kind of ironic because we know typically in the mm-hmm. church scene, uh, not always your music of ministry, but a lot of times, as well as definitely the choir director. I mean, we all know the running joke, right? Yeah. That the church is going to yep. gay bash and talk <laughs> about Leviticus and all this other stuff, but yet they ain't got no problem with their music of ministry and their choir director, right? Long as they can bring in the people to the church and get some offerings. But you dealt with that. And then you also, I think we kind of talked a little bit about this um, in some other conversation, but you also tried to bring in some flavor <laughs> to a non-denominational church with your music style. And there were some issues there with them trying to embrace that because you got the natural R&B. I mean, it's you. So tell us about those <laughs> scenarios and how that impacted your course in, in, in the music, in the music, the gospel music arena. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, as far as the whole being out of situation, I'm not going to lie, it really did hurt because I did look up to that person, um, kind of like a musical father, if you will. And so it really did hurt me when he did that. But, you know, everything happens for a reason. And so I think that just allowed me to actually, I think it kind of freed me to be mm-hmm. able to explore even more musically. And so when, when I became a worship leader, yeah, adds a little bit of flavor. You know, let's, let's just put it this way. I was a non-denominational according to the black folk white <laughs> church. And yeah, I mean, we added, we did some things. Let's be real. We did some things. I added, I didn't do traditional gospel. So I want to clarify, I did not do traditional gospel, 
but I did bring in, you know, some of that Fred Hammond, some of that William Murphy, some, you know, a little bit of, um, who else did I mention? Just a little bit every day. Like, we, we brought more of that contemporary. Did you give us a little Kurt Franklin? <laughs> we didn't do Stump, but we did do for Christmas. We did Kirk Franklin's Christmas, Jesus is the Reason. We yeah. did do that. Yeah, so they wasn't ready for that. <laughs> they was not ready for, not at all. And you already kind of talked a little bit about how you think that experience, when you look back, though, on it, not only did it for you, but when you look back on it today, have you been able to kind of find out the why or able to accept the why, like that journey was complicated for you? And I mean, plus you're you're young, right? And you're learning how to navigate life and you're learning the politics, particularly with church, right? Yeah. It's very political, but it's also helping you prepare you for the politics of your career and things like that. So what can you say, like, now I can look back on that experience and I understand why God took me through that. Right. Yeah, I could definitely say that. I don't necessarily understand, like, why they did it, but I do understand now. I kind of got to the understanding in my mid-20s that not only does everything happen for a reason, but there was a specific purpose. God needed to get me out of the busyness. I was so busy singing every Sunday. I was so busy planning. I was so busy playing and traveling and doing all these things. And God was like, you ain't made no time for me. Mm. Christianity, it, God is a relational. Yes. God, is, God is about relationship. How can you build a relationship where you're constantly doing this, 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 here, there, and everywhere? How can you? So that just let me know that God really does care. God really, I mean, the stuff that people said about, you know, God hates fags and this and the other, that stuff ain't true at all. God loves every single last one of us. Yeah, And I am living proof that he does. I mean, he still works in my life, right? Even to this day. And I talk to people about that all the time. I was like, well, for some reason, if I'm going to hell and all these other things, I'm I'm very blessed on my journey because at the end of the day, God continues to bless me along that journey. But I also, I love when you had that conversation to talk about that relationship with God. And you said, God removed me and people, God wouldn't remove you from church. But I, I get it because I feel like for you, you were doing it and you were in that cycle, but God yep. also wanted to put your purpose through your music and you had to meditate and understand and build that relationship with him to say, this is how I'm re- I gave you a talent and this is how I want you to use it. And here's yeah. why. Right. So sometimes we can do all this stuff, but is it, are we living in purpose? And so, and, and that's part of life, right? right? That's part of growing up. You discover what that is. Yeah. Yeah. In 29 in 2009, excuse me, you begin your solo artist journey. And it sounds like you started down this path while you were still working in your music and being in the church. And you signed your first record deal and you kind of hit us with some mixtapes when you signed your first record deal. Were you excited like this is your first being a solo artist, having my first deal? Were you like pumped, ready to go? What what was going on with you? <laughs> I mean, I was super excited because, you know, I'm a 90s kid. So getting signed to a record label was the it. You know, everybody had to get signed to somebody. Everyone was like, yo, if you got signed, bro, you made it, dog. Yeah. Like, you know, that's how it was. But I quickly found out that, you know what, maybe either it wasn't the right time or it just wasn't for me. 
But again, it's just learning and living. And so, yes, we did do some good work together uh, with that first record deal. But at a certain point, we just had to part ways. And, and we did so very amicably. But, you know, there's a time in the season for everything. Well, I tell you, he definitely knows what he wants. And so that kind of gives us our very <laughs> first uh, song that we're setting ourselves up. I try to be clever there. Uh, what you want, y'all? Here we go. Sitting here, I'm smoking on this weed. Texting you don't wanna go to sleep I'm locked up in this bitch for one more week Your love is the only thing I need I need your touch, babe I need your kiss, babe I need your adventurous actions on me I want your disease Give me what we need You know that I'm on the grind But tonight is the night Know that you want this just let me know and I'll do whatever Just give me that booty Looking me smacking it up all night I'm gonna do you right I'm gonna do you right Just pack a bag, baby, and come through I'm lonely as fuck and you're the remedy to My crazy obsession with your essence So come bless me with your presence, yeah
All right. So what's the story with the EPs? Let's, let's hear it. Okay. So rewinding, I released my first album in 2018. And then in 2019, I took a year off. So I wanted to release another album, but for some reason, I just wasn't, wasn't in the correct headspace. So in 2020, March of 2020, I began to record again. And uh, then, um, what was it? My first EP, Volume 1, mm-hmm. which had Don't Waste Your Time and Sorry, that was, it came out 1st of April. So okay. that was kind of like a reintroduction. So I was just basically just experimenting. Okay. That's pretty much what I was doing. I had people telling me, you know, like, you got to do R&B. Your voice is meant for R&B. I'm like, because eh. I was trying to do that pop dance stuff that, you know, that the mm-hmm. gay people love. Yeah. But yeah, I just kept going. But as far as what you want... <laughs> It was quarantine. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you know, I was in, in the house chilling and I had this instrumental and um, I was like, all right, let's see what we got. Let's see what I could do with it. And literally I wrote that song in like 15 minutes. You're good. And then recorded it an hour later. <laughs> and I'm going to talk to you about that approach because I'm glad you shared that. Now, let me get clarification. So you have mixtapes out that came under the first local deal. And then you had these EPs that you yeah. kind of put out as an introduction or reintroduction, uh, introduction to who you are. And this is music that you wrote yourself. So all of this music pretty much is, um, of course, obviously a lot of times with mixtapes, you're remaking someone else's song and adding your version or using their beat or what have you. But in this instance, right. this was your first, well, because you're on the gospel side, but had you already been writing and producing other music prior to that? Yeah, I was. Again, just going back to like, you know, 2010, 2011, 2012, I was starting to make my own instrumentals. And I did actually one of the first original ones that came out was one with uh, Jay, formerly known as Tony Banks. Mm -hmm. And it was called Speaker Thump. And um, I think it's still out somewhere. But Uh, yeah, yeah, it was the first song that I could say I really produced. Mm And from there, I just kept making beats. I just kept going. So you really just like that musical child and grew up through the church and music and, and acquired all those sounds and those pieces. And then you self, you know, kind of, it sounds like you self-taught all the other pieces with producing and writing and attempting to do some things. So you've never been afraid in the music space. You have been all in, you've been diving into it and making it happen. So yeah. I love that. Now I got a couple of questions. Um, one of my best friends in college was from Colorado Springs, but I know you're in a smaller town in Colorado, but how did you, are you from originally from Colorado or how did you get to Colorado? Well, okay. So I was born and partly raised in Honolulu, Hawaii, military kid. Okay. <laughs> And uh, yeah, then um, but I was raised by my grandparents and my grandparents were stationed. They got stationed to Fort Carson. And then, um, you know, they had me with them and we just stayed. Well, I stayed. Mm-hmm. They, they gone. Well, you know, uh, recently my grandmother passed. But, okay. you know, I basically just stayed, honestly. Oh, cool. So that kind of gives you that varied experience and culture, too. So that's awesome. I wanted to ask you, you know, did your deal live up to what you thought it would, that very first one? And and do you think it was a fair deal? Or, you know, working with a smaller local label, was there pros and cons to that? Back then, I think we did very well because mm-hmm. the mixtapes, you know, they got some pretty good views and streams and whatnot. 
being on that back then was Dat Piff and SoundCloud, but <laughs> the label did help and they really liked what I was doing. But I just think that, you know, at the time, both of us were still kind of learning a little bit more because I don't think they really knew what to do with me. Yeah. Because they really hadn't had a singer before. They was just mostly rappers. Oh, okay. That makes <laughs> you know, sense. I was, I was the 1%. Yeah. 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 And you giving this to, to us. I don't want to equate you to Keith Sweat because you're not begging, but you know, you just haven't give, given us that love balance, <laughs> that sexual <laughs> energy. All right. So <laughs> business wise, what did you do in business that you would not do ever again? Oh, good question. What have I done in business that I'll probably never do again? I think I would make sure, for, well, as far as like music business goes, I think I really learned that I really need to own my masters. That is very important. So I know the first deal I had really, I don't, I really don't think I owned anything. And then with the, Mar- but with the Marshall Park, once they told me that I would own my masters and things like that, I said, okay, cool. We could work together. We could rock together. So good. And we're going to talk about that too. You're already talking about everything I want to talk about. Hush boy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, that's a good thing. And I was, the reason why I, what prompted me to ask that question, because I was, when I was listening to your story, you kind of talked about, and I'm just kind of went blank a little bit, but I just remember you were talking about like, you didn't get paid for a lot of the work you were doing, especially with the gospel portion of it. And so that's kind of what's prompted me to say, wonder what all he went through that he probably now know not to ever do again. So that's really what kind of prompted that question because I, I felt bad. I was like listening to your story and I was like, he has a good heart, um, you know, uh, and he's giving and, you know, really. Yeah. Well, well, I think also if, if there was a second thing, it would be to make sure that I do get paid for everything that I do. Because a lot of the times when I was playing, I wasn't getting paid. And the excuse, this is the good old Baptist excuse, you know, you're doing it for the Lord. Yes. In service to the Lord. And <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but if you look at the Bible, even says in Nehemiah that the, the laborers of the house, musicians, priests, and all of them were paid from the tithe. Yeah. People take it for granted. And then on top of that, they take you through what they took you through. I had Aaron Thomas on here and he was talking about some of his experience as well. So definitely get it. And then you kind of touched on this already and really was leading into this. How did the departure aid you, if any, in your return? And also, how do you think, how did it help you like in the music making process? So even like within your sound or maybe the direction you was going with, if any, I mean, your music is pretty consistent, so. But I, even taking that time off, like you said, you wanted to get into the right mental headspace and all of that. So not only that, and the next question was really about your return strategy as well, but how did that clarity help you with the re- moving forward with your music? Once I did receive that clarity, I think part of the clarity was also how people were receiving it yeah. because I still wasn't like 100% sure you know, as I was experimenting and kind of feeling my way through, but I mean, cause I did all those EPs in real time. Like, yeah. so I would record and then like set up the release the next day. But I think taking that time off really helped because I got to live life a little bit. Mm-hmm. I got to experience some new things. I got to really just kind of like find myself a little bit. 
And then when I did return to the art, you know, I started thinking back and I started really just kind of zoning in and really just being, another thing is just being focused. Yeah. You know, I really wasn't like as focused prior to 2020, mm-hmm. but definitely 2020, I was like, okay. This is what I want to do. Let's do it. Yeah. So that part of that strategy and like you said, part of that return strategy was to make these EPs and, and put them out and test the waters and get and reintroduce people to you. I think also with 2020, it again, it really being stuck in the house and all those things really just you had to face yourself face whatever it was like there was no distractions that you didn't realize and then again some people did intentionally have different things that they did for distractions so they wouldn't have to face certain things but you had to process the things that you were going through you had to think about your music and and it's just in you I'm sure it's burning in you so it was like you can't be quiet I just know it I know you're like even if you try nah. to walk away from it, <laughs> that it's just a natural living in your purpose that it just comes out. So we can tell that. All right. Well, you have so much, like I just mentioned, you have so much music inside of you. So when you decide to begin a project, what is your approach? Like you're writing these songs in 15, 20 minutes and you're recording them, putting out the next day. Is it just like you're sitting around the house and something pops in your head or you just, or you kind of sit down and say, I'm going to write two or three songs. And, and so what's that approach when you're creating? So when I'm in creation mode, I'm more of just like, it hits me. Like, it's never like, I don't schedule it. Mm-hmm. I tried scheduling. I, I've tried that. Like, I'm going to work on music today and then like, nothing, <laughs> you know? So I've tried that, but... True creator, like, right? So it just <laughs> comes in the middle of the night, you know? You're like, oh! gotta get up (laughs) yeah and there have been those moments where at like two o'clock in the morning i wake up from my sleep and you know i'm just jotting something down the phone i don't know if i'm ever going to use it in a song but you know i just jot something down real quick and then you know once i get that idea kind of going and it's hard for me to stop it but that's pretty much how a lot of my songs started out and you know I'm about to tease you. I'm about to go there. So you're over there tight, you know, you're over there and you try to be quiet, looking at your sneaky link, trying to get some sleep. And you're like, hope they don't hear me. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I've done that. I really have done that. Like you guys, my husband. Yeah. There have been so many times yes, where Mary. I've woken him up. Be, yeah, I'm married. And, um, but no, but there have been so many times you can ask him so many darn times. Where, you know, be like four o'clock in the morning, I'm up on the computer making a beat. Yeah. You know, he's like, what are you doing? Like, I'm trying to be at work in two hours. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Hey, inspiration comes, you got to jump on it. Well, that's awesome. On the marriage, I know, because I was reading, you said y'all was remodeling the house, but I was like, okay, um, he'll tell me what's going on. (laughs) Well, I found another from your volume three EP. Teach me how to let go. There was another Uh-oh. song. At first, I was like, I'm going to play it all I want to do. And then I just really kept listening to teach me how to let go. So I'm interested with that. Obviously, I know what it means by mm-hmm. listening to what you titled it. But tell me mm-hmm. more like, I think that's pretty dope. But in a sense, in a sense, because you're like, 
teach me how to let go. So are you looking for that person? Because, you know, people keep hope. They know they got that control over you. So they want to keep holding, pulling you along and keep you close. So you're flipping it and you're saying, no, teach me how to let you go. Like, talk to me about that. That was dope. Pretty much. I mean, it stemmed from a past relationship being. So before my husband, I was in a relationship for about four years. And um, yeah, I didn't really know how to shake this dude. Like, you know, so if you listen to the song, the you know, first verse is basically, you know, why did I wait so long, you know, or can't remember my own lyrics, but you know, where I say go F yourself, you know, yeah. but it was really much like, I didn't, I didn't know how to shake this dude. Like, cause we would always, even when we broke up, yeah, we were together. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So it was like, man, I want to shake you. I want to move on. I want to do, you know, so then it got into the moment where it's like, okay, how in the hell do I let this dude go? How do I let you go? What do I have to do to get you out of my face? Right. Like, <laughs> get you gone. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I mean, the funny part is now we're great friends. That's the funny part. So you still didn't let go, Steve. <laughs> you know what? We're going to talk about this. <laughs> well, okay, no, I'm we just let kidding. go I'm just of kidding. <laughs> that relationship. Because, no, for because like there was like a whole two years where we didn't speak. Okay. So you had time to that. process that. And um, he yeah. taught you how to let him go. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We all check this out. This is, this is, I, I think this song is awesome. So teach me how to let go.
how much that song is so beautiful when i tell you jo- you know jacques talking about he the king of r&b i don't know dominic you are giving us some beautiful r&b hits like i mean you let, have let, mastered well, that how about king r&b yes yes claim oh, your spot you. <laughs> all right well let's talk about the making of 30 Woo-hoo. so for me i Woo. is this album reflective of your age is that what it is or what's behind the 30 Yes. Uh, so yeah, it is more reflective of my age, but the album basically, I told my husband before I turned 30 that, you know, I want to make my 30s fun and I really wanted the album to reflect that, Yeah. you know, cause I'd already did like the serious album. I already did that. That was the first album. So I'm like this one, let's just make it fun. Let's, I want to create a soundtrack to the beginning of my 30s. Mm-hmm. And so basically this is what came out. Perfect. And you just talked about this, Cole, uh, Marshall Park Entertainment. So after your previous label, how did you connect with Marshall Park? So the good part is you say yes after y'all worked through the deal, but how did y'all connect? So, well, basically I left the local record label, sorry, in 2013, 2014. Um, and I was independent purely after that. But basically through the EP series, that's how I met Quincy, and that's how I met Prince Cat Eyes. And um, Prince Cat Eyes had heard my music and said, hey, would you mind hopping on a song? So I said, okay, sure, shoot it over. And it ended up being another club song, a different kind of club song, sorry. Right. And that's how the label initially met me. And then um, at some point after Prince Cat Eyes' album came out, and it did really well, especially that song, Mm-hmm. the label was like hey they reached out to me and said hey we would like to talk to you about possibly signing you to a deal would you like to speak with us um, you came highly recommended you know would you like to talk to us so i said okay cool we started talking they send the contract over whatever i read it you know have my people <laughs> yeah, yeah got you your people yo, you, you got know, your people that got people man. <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> Basically, basically, we just made sure everything was good, legit, changed a few things that we had to do, we had to do. And, uh, you know, then all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but uh, before my 30th birthday is when uh, we decided to go ahead and sign. Awesome. And then were you a little hesitant at all been working another label or not necessarily because you didn't necessarily have a quote unquote bad experience with the first one. And you got to work with what at that point in time for you probably uh, was like a more established label. So were you hesitant at all or you were kind of like actually like yes thank god like this is what i need in this part at this moment in my life well i was only hesitant because i was independent and i was so used to doing everything on my own so i was like okay what what's gonna happen if i give them control what's gonna happen if because i can't just drop music whenever i feel like it right before i could just drop the song like boom here you go oh you want another one all right cool (laughs) You know, we want to know. So, <laughs> right. But no, but what really made me sign is one, I got to own my masters, but also they were just like, they told me exactly what they wanted to do as a label, not just for me, but just industry wide as well. And so I said, okay, you know what? Talk to my husband, talk to, you know, more people. And, uh, you know, we figured, okay, this might be what I need right now in terms of my music career. Yeah. So what's the worst that could happen? Right. 
you got a, a label behind you, you're getting exposure. All right. Well, um, you started out with that collaboration, like you said, with Prince Cat Eyes. And then you've worked together on this album with a song you work with Quincy Tyree. Um, I know we've featured that uh, drunk, you know, as well. Love the song. How do them as your label mates really add value to you as an artist? And what do you like? Because basically the question is like, what are you enjoying about your label mates? Like having label mates. And I'm sure y'all either work together or have conversations or come together with labels. So what do you value in and how are they enriching you? Honestly, I think we kind of feed off of each other yeah. <laughs> um, because we do talk outside of quote unquote work, <laughs> but they... Prince actually really challenged me with that with that first song, um, uh-huh. a different kind of club song. Cause, well, because I was trying to get away from kind of doing that yeah. live. But, you know, I just said, you know, let's go ahead and give it a try. Let's go ahead. And it ended up being very good for me. So then after I met Quincy, I think my song Drunk really gave Quincy a little bit of a push. Because the only, thing, the only reason why I really liked Quincy was because of his mixtape. Uh, what was it? Damn, Daddy. Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm like, okay, so it sounds like he can really go where I want this song to go. That's, yeah. So I sent it to him and everything, and, you know, we do what we do, but they really challenged me. They both challenged me. I actually like having label mates because not only are they challenging me to be a better artist, but they're challenging me to be a better producer as well. Like, you're going to hear production from me on their projects as well. And just their ideas for their projects. I'm like, well, damn, like, <laughs> yeah, y'all are really making a brother work. Damn. I, <laughs> I thought this was going to be easy. but nah. <laughs> No, I mean, that's perfect. Cause that was what I was going to ask you, you know, have you done any writing or plan on doing any writing or producing for the label or label mates? And so you are working on their projects. Do you also, have you found yourself hopefully with working with the label? Are you anticipating maybe some new artists that may be coming on without being able to tell, you know, the strategy or goal or, you know, or have you found like some people on your own that you want to work with and produce as well? I mean, I hope the label does get more new people because then that's more work for me. Yeah. (laughs) But I actually have found some people outside of the label that I do want to work with um, is just finding the right vibe, finding the right feel. Um, so hopefully I get to work with these guys pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, and hopefully and sell some <laughs> of those songs because, man, you'd be coming up with some stuff. And how do you think your journey might be different had you not connected with Marshall Park? Ooh, I think, okay, my standards are pretty high, mm-hmm. but Marshall Park's standards are even higher. So there's that. Um, they're also... Through Marshall Park, um, I'm learning of new technologies yeah. that's coming out. You know, I'm learning so much about so many different things that will just ultimately better me. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Marshall Park has been very beneficial. I'm very grateful for them. And they're even challenging me even more to be very strategic when it comes to releasing music. Yeah. See, and that's the good part. And you found the right label because it's almost like artist development and that piece doesn't exist anymore. And and it's you're blessed because you're finding a label that's pouring into you. It doesn't have, you know, a roster of a thousand artists and all these different 
subsidiaries and they're trying to spread the budget you know what i'm saying it's it's (laughs) a size enough that you can actually take some pieces away and that's just help cultivating you and your your music career and development though as you continue to focus in on producing and writing so i love that so you know what thank you marshall park for letting dominic be great See y'all and y'all the rest of them. Yeah. Y'all let him be great. So that's what we get ready to drop to now from the 30 album. And um Woo. this is like my song. the songs that didn't make it <laughs> there's, so, there's a few <laughs> yeah i mean listen no seriously on a real note like your artistry 
I mean, you have a long career. It may be too soon to equate you to a Teddy Riley, but that's kind of how I see you in your career, like the longevity. Uh, Thank you. I I can see somebody commissioning you, a big artist, as you continue to get discovered and people hear about you. Because you have it. It's just a natural thing. I, I, you just, I feel it and I hear it and I see it. So following your calling, that's what you've been doing. The Artist on Artist platform. Yep. So talk a little bit about what you're doing with that YouTube um, show and Artist on Artist platform. Okay, so Artist on Artist started out as an idea, which then turned into an, a one-on-one interview with myself and Seven Taylor. Yes. which that original interview is on my YouTube channel. Yes. I don't know why I haven't uploaded to the artist on artist one, but whatever. But um, yeah, so that's how it started. And um, all of a sudden me and Seven, you know, had a conversation and uh, Seven thought, yo, like, why don't we spread the love, spread the platform out a little bit. And so with Seven Taylor's help and uh, everything, uh, which he really took the idea and just kind of ran with it. We started doing interviews. We started connecting with more artists that look like us, sound mm-hmm. like us, and um, it just skyrocketed from there. Now I'm just kind of reaching a little bit outside, but definitely want to keep it going. Um, I know I haven't done it in a minute. Okay. <laughs> I apologize, people who have been waiting for another episode. Yes. But yeah, that's pretty much what happened. <laughs> no, no. And I was going to ask you, you know, where do you want to see the platform go? for the rest of 2021 going into 2022? Like, have you guys had a chance to connect and talk about a vision? And Or it sounds like since you haven't had a chance to work on it, because you got this album coming out, you got so many other different things, right? How do you think right. you see you scaling it? I mean, once we're able to get back into, into it and things like that, I mean, we're going to have some pretty big artists on the platform. But I think right now, because my album came out, Seven's uh, EP came out, a couple months ago we're both just really busy oh and seven's book just came out as well so we're both just very very busy right now i'm performing a lot so it's kind of hard for us right now to really get back into it but when we do um definitely look out for some pretty big names uh, i will tell you that awesome see already doing it and um what should we expect from you in the album 30 in the coming months Ooh, I have no clue. Well, okay. So for <laughs> yeah, me, the world's just opening it up, right? <laughs> well, it is. Yeah, the world is just opening up. But you know what? I'll put it to you this way. Once I moved out of Colorado Springs, doors for me to perform start opening. Okay. Because prior to that, I was only doing Facebook Live and I was kind of showing people what I could do through Facebook Live in mm-hmm. 2020. But I think this year, after I moved out of Colorado Springs, I believe God was just like, all right, cool. But let's work. Let's work. Let's work. And it's just been, a. I mean, I'm now getting to perform in places that I've been wanting to perform for so long. But, it, you know, it's just all about timing. I think this album is part of that timing, is part of that process, is part of that. So look out for more performances from me. Um, actually, I actually have a performance this Saturday plug. Um, on YouTube Live, celebrating the release of this album. Yay, so I better know about that so I can post it. All right. Um, no, this is great because yep. I know the episode will come out after that, so we want to make sure we we do that. And then 
is there any plans to return to gospel music or your roots, whether it be through your own project or going back and supporting other gospel artists? I don't know yet. Okay. I think this journey musically that I'm on, I think I've found not a comfort zone, but I've found a lane that works for me or is working for me. And so I, I kind of don't want to deviate too much from that. Yeah. But um, I would like to, you know, I would like to get back into gospel a little bit. I mean, I do have family members that do record and sing gospel, and they've been kind of nudging yeah. me a little bit. Right. But no, I get it. So as you continue to grow and you, you know, you're just turning 30, so you, you still got a lot to experience and live. And so that is a big part of your experience and learning and growing. Right. I mean, we learn and go through a lot of things in our 20s to help make and build us who we yeah. become. Right. So, yeah. The reason why I feel like at some point you will, because it's you grew up in it and it's part of who you are and it's your roots, but you're really doing what you need to do as a young artist. I was sitting here while you were talking, all I could hear was jam, oh, jam, Dom jam for me now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I hear in the back of my head so yeah i'm sure it'll come back around the worst way it'll come back around so you know what i love this track uh -oh. too so we're gonna uh jump to that too let's get that up and playing man uh, fuck it fuck it fuck it fuck it up now fuck it fuck it fuck it fuck it fuck it up like it's your birthday Birthday, fuck it up like it's your birthday. Birthday, fuck it up like it's your birthday. You know that I want you in the worst way, the worst way, worst way now. Give it to me, baby. You know that I want it now. You bustin', bustin' it down, turnin' it all around, putting it all for me, throwing it up on me. You know what I like, buffet style. Give me mini No, I ain't picky, but I just might be greedy. Yeah. For the ooey gooey chewy slurpy, oh my god, this ain't no mistake if we both want it. Fuck it up like it's your birthday, birthday, fuck it up like it's your birthday, birthday, fuck it up like it's your birthday. You know that I want it in the worst way, the worst way, fuck it up like it's your birthday, birthday, fuck it up like it's your birthday, birthday, fuck it up like it's your birthday. You know that I want you in the worst way, the worst way, worst way now. What we do tonight is for our eyes only. Don't tell me no, boy, you know what I came for. I came to beat it up, up like a tum dum dum. I came to make your legs go num num num. What is this? You give me kisses on my neck. Make me sign a fucking check now. You know how to get that bag and keep it. And keep it. Don't worry, baby, I won't tell your secrets. Let me celebrate you like I'm supposed to. Champagne, a little sage, and we take our flight. Here we go. Birthday, fuck it up like it's your birthday. 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 You know that I want it in the worst way, the worst way. Fuck it up like it's your birthday. Fuck it, fuck it up like it's your birthday. Fuck it, fuck it up like it's your birthday. You know that I want you in the worst way, the worst way. Fuck it up like it's your birthday. Fuck it, fuck it up like it's your birthday. Fuck it, fuck it up like it's your birthday. Fuck it, you 
So, you know, I've really enjoyed this time in our conversation, Dominique. This has been really great. I know that, you know, hopefully you later on in life, when it's time, you, you know, step back in and drop that gospel music, but, or just, you know, maybe add a song to an album here and there, you know, but it's in your roots, you know, it's going to, it's going to call you later on, but I think you're doing right, right? Understanding your purpose and serving that purpose. So as we wrap up, I want to just got a couple questions, you know, who do you want to work with? I mean, I want to work with a lot of people, not gonna lie. Um, but I guess the main people I want to work with is, uh, of course, PJ Eugene. I want to work with Seven Taylor. I want to work with, uh, of course, Anthony Hale. I've seen him on IG. Yo, I love this dude stuff. Like, I'm a big fan. And then, um, I guess, mainstream, I could say I definitely want to work with, you know, Chris Brown, Jacquees, Vito, who was Ty Dolla Sign is a big, big one on my list. Yeah, no, so, absolutely. What do you think would be, like, the ultimate thing for you that would like blow your mind as you're right now in today's like situation that would just like oh my god because you know you hear about different people riding down the street the first time they hear this song on the radio or whatever like what would be something that would just yep. like got you like oh my god y'all <laughs> i think for me it would just be like if i was downtown denver or somewhere else maybe let's say let's just even say like jacksonville florida or something and I pass by a club and then I hear one of my songs play, you know, blaring through the speakers. Yeah. That would be a big one. For what would we see? Would you be, would you drop down to your knees like low and go into praise dance or what? <laughs> I honestly don't even know how I would react. I really don't. But I might just be like, yo, that's my song. Shit. You know, <laughs> I might even like run up to the bouncer and, yo, they playing my song. Though, like, can I go in? You know? Yeah. I don't know. But. <laughs> Yeah, no, that would be a great experience and feeling. Well, we definitely want to make sure that their social media and music, we want to make sure that people are purchasing. So we love your music. I want the people to know how they can purchase and stream because we want to get the purchase, the sales up. We want to get the streams up. And I, one of the things I also yep. needed to ask you, are there any videos coming that we need to look for? Yes. So finally, I know a lot of stuff has happened over the last few months but uh finally the drunk video video for drunk is coming we don't have a release date just yet i'm waiting for some you know logistics to finish but look for that very very soon all right and then the social media music links where can they find it at all right so social media you can find me on twitter at dminq official youtube also dminq official and facebook is also dminq official IG, my IG is D-M-I-N-Q, Love Life Art. Um, you can follow me there, which IG is growing. And you can also hit me up on Snapchat at D-M-I-N-Q. Um, as far as purchasing and streaming options, you can purchase from Amazon and iTunes, the iTunes store, for those of you with iPhones. <laughs> and I believe what used to be Google Play, now YouTube Music, you also purchase on there. Um, and then you can also stream it, YouTube Music, Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, um, wherever music is streamed, you can definitely find us. All right. And then Artist to Artists, where can they go to catch up on the episodes? Artist to Artists, to catch up on the episodes, go to YouTube.com, Artist on Artist, and you'll see us there. You'll see all the current episodes that we have. And look out for some new ones um, in the coming months coming soon and the you me us we podcast even though you're not doing anything just yet 
it's three episodes out there and they're pretty interesting and they can learn a lot about you. I know I did. Yep. Oh yeah. That's coming back too. Sorry. That's, that's going to be coming back more towards the fall, but that's coming back. Oh shoot. He ain't playing with y'all. So we like to like you wrap up with words of wisdom. You know, if you've listened to any of the podcast or anything like that, I always give every artist 60 seconds to drop some words of wisdom. So before you drop those words of wisdom, I want to take time today and thank you so much for stopping in to share your information, music, and your story with the Audi Coterie. So the Coterie is what I call those that follow me. Coterie means click, circle, gang, pack, in circle. And so we look forward to seeing you this summer in a city near you. Hopefully I get to see you perform live. Love your vocals. Love your music, Dominique. You have been officially outed on the Officially Outed podcast. Now hit us with your words of wisdom. All right. So words of wisdom. First of all, thank you to you and Officially Outed for just um, allowing me to come on the platform and speak and everything and sing a little bit. But words of wisdom, I will say like this, no matter what you have gone through, no matter what you are going through, please understand that everything happens for a reason and everything is in divine order, but do not give up. I'm serious. Do not give up. I understand. Trust me, I probably have been where you've been and um, probably will. And if I'm not where you were, if I haven't been where you've been, I probably will end up where you are. But understand, don't give up. Still do what you want to do. Still do what you love to do. And it will resonate with people all around the globe. And uh, yeah. All right. Well, we, you know, I got to play one more, but yeah, we're going to do that as we head out again. Thank you so much for coming to the Fish Downy Podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you again for listening and be sure to join us for our next episode. You can follow the Officially Outed podcast on all social media, including IG, TikTok, and YouTube at Officially Outed Podcast, Twitter and Facebook at Officially Outed, our webpage at officiallyouted.com, or on Snap at OFFIC Out Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, listen, like, and share. If you're an indie artist or artist management and would like to submit an artist for consideration, please email info at officiallyouted.com or connect via Instagram.